The Braves take two of two from the A's. They take one of three from the Mariners. Uh, Kenley is under question. Robbie's on fire. Michael has rookie of the year locked down. And at the moment, we are one game behind the Mets yet again. Welcome to Chopcast. Uh, this is our first just audio episode in a little while. Having some technical difficulties. Uh, should have a video episode again next week. Um, but yeah, I'm Griffin. This is Sam. It's the other voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, coming in from my phone. My, my Wi-Fi has just been less than ideal, but we're making it work. Is Sam, tell him your Wi-Fi is. Yeah, so we... Um, so yeah, I moved into my New York apartment like two months ago. I'm living with two friends from school, and we got like we got set up on Spectrum, but for some reason we haven't gotten billed yet, and like not none of us know what's going on. Uh, but yeah, like we have our Wi-Fi. We, our running our running theory is that uh, the people who lived here before like never canceled their Wi-Fi. So they might just be getting billed and not paying it, and that's why we're like, I don't know, it's a little choppy, but it, it is what it is, and um, yeah, just ha- you know, happy to be here, but a little bit unfortunate at the moment. Yeah. Um, hopefully the setup will be a whole lot better soon. Um, I did, we did record two episodes, like, two months ago where I had like a professional camera set up and a professional mic now someone just roared past my house yeah I heard that <laughs> yeah I live in an apartment um, and it's in downtown Athens Georgia which like living downtown here has some some benefits but it also like it's not enough of a downtown for it there to be enough noise to make it like white noise. <laughs> and, um, so there are so many douchebags who are like my whole worth in this whole world is for me to be as loud as possible <laughs> on my vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go drive down downtown at least once a night every 30 minutes that's my life's goal that, there are yeah. just so many of those people um <laughs> that is incredibly but... tough yeah for for <laughs> for me it's like i you know i don't even wake up for the ambulance going by at 3 30 a.m it's kind of it's it's literally just white noise at this point the the other day yeah. the other day i had a a jackhammer situation going on at 10 a.m and then i just like put in my headphones and pretended like nothing was happening uh <laughs> But yeah, that that is tough. That it's like not you know, it's it's not common enough that it's white noise, but it just uh, flares up occasionally. Yeah, it's like silence for twenty to thirty minutes, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of noise. And then there's also like there's ambulances, fire trucks, police cars that come by like every thirty minutes mm-hmm. at night too. Um, and I sleep through it for the most part, but I definitely still wake up at like six, and I'm like, "What's going on?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, and then the... I also had a jackhammer situation, <laughs> like re- literally right on the corner where I live on the corner of this building. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough. That is incredibly tough. I might have just like 
unofficially doxed myself. Right <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, <laughs> now all the listeners are going to know exactly where you're living, but... He's, like, uh, looking for a corner third floor <laughs> downstairs. Yeah, for real. It's, it's, uh... Come yeah, find me. Come, exactly. Good luck. Um, there is... I work for my brother doing part-time real estate, and, uh, like, two weeks ago, uh, I gave a one-star review to a notary who was jackass to me um and he had no one-star reviews on i don't i i don't know if i've ever left a one-star or like any review on google before (laughs) um but he was just such like not compliant he was a douche to me on the phone i always get so nervous when i talk to people on the phone for business stuff because i still am new to this and like i feel like i'm just gonna sound like a complete idiot um but uh yeah, he was a douche to me on the phone, and then he was a douche to me when he was texting me. Um, and then so I was like, yeah, he has no one-star reviews. I'm going to be the first one to leave him a one-star review mm-hmm. and then just get a new notary. And then he calls me. Uh, <laughs> he called my number. Uh, I, like, I thought I blocked him. but I, oh, Actually, I didn't, I, didn't even, I didn't block him then because I was like, there's no reason to block this guy because I'm just not going to contact him again. Um but he calls me, I think it's the new notary I hired from the same area code, and it's it's him, and he's like, is, is this Griffin? And I was like, oh shit. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, and then I was like, I could just hang up and block him right now, but... You know, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm gonna talk to him. I want to hear what he has to say. Right. And I'm like, yeah, th- this is this is the him, um, and he's like, did you just leave me a one star review on Google, buddy? <laughs> like, he's like, what, what what's what's going on? And I I was like, uh, I was like, you weren't you weren't cooperating with me. You weren't doing what I told you to do. And there's context to this. I'm not gonna get into. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, basically, he just wasn't reading my texts all the way and just kept demanding that I give him this woman's address who I'm trying to buy a property from, even though he needs to call her and contact her and know where to meet her anyways. Um, but he just keeps asking me for it, even though I don't have the address. And I, I said, I told you to do that. I gave you her number and I told you I just called her and that she's ready to call. Um, and then he just told me again, he's like, you're not the only client I have. Like, I got other clients. You're, you're not the top priority, man. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it was written in the text, and the text wasn't very long. and It was very descript of what you needed to do. So you're just kind of lazy. And then he said, well, how about this? How don't you, why don't you kiss my fucking ass? <laughs> <laughs> like, people I, say that? People yeah. say that? <laughs> Dude. Dude, working in real estate, people people are mean. People just it, it, like will take shit out on you. Um, yeah, that is that is incredibly tough. Like my brother sent a text to somebody the other day, and I asked him if he was just. It was just, hey, um, we see that you have this lot in wherever. Are you interested in selling it? And then the guy said, eat shit and die. Wow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is that is tough to hear but you know there, there, there's deals to be made you know people are cut through that's that's rough yeah i mean it just over a one one star review though and then, <laughs> um, he told he he then he like 
this woman you're trying to buy property from, she's like in her 80s. And he called, he hadn't called her yet. And then he called her. Um, and I found this out because I had to talk to her later because the new notary couldn't get in contact with her. So I, I talked to her and she was like, I'm just really rattled by all this because that, that guy said was going to call me, he called me. And then he said, um, and he said that you were crooks and that you were, uh, that you're trying to scam the elderly, um, and that he's going to destroy you. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I was like, I'm so sorry all this has happened. Like, we're not, I don't know how we're trying to scam you. This is, you know, this is a deal that we've made between us and you, you're free to opt out of it if you want to. And she started laughing about it by the end, but like, um, I literally think that he's had a couple just goons um, go on our uh, on our uh, our website and just comment scam on a couple of our properties because that's what's what's happened. You gotta you gotta hit him back up and you know ask him <laughs> ask him to kiss your ass. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyways, that's who uh, I think he he's uh, like literally after that happened, I was like he might try to kill me. Mm -hmm. he might try to come and find me and kill me. <laughs> But yeah, and you just provided your your location. Yeah, I just provided. My, that's uh, the that's the long story. Uh, yeah, exactly. Now he's he's got enough info. Mm. Um, but uh, anyways, the Braves. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about the Braves. Um, what's uh what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of this past week? Ken, so, Kenley Jansen. Oh my really? God. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, oh. I, I I'll be honest. Um, I, I kind of got into uh, football, into a football slump this weekend. I was I wasn't watching any Braves. I, I think I caught like a little bit of the game Friday night, um, but Saturday and Sunday it was just all football for me. Um, watched the Falcons just do their thing again. I, I called it. I, I was miserable. I was texting my my fantasy football friends and my league. I'm like. This is great because it's setting up perfectly for a heartbreaking loss. This is like right, you know, we, we they had, you know, the Saints missed the two-point conversion. Like, oh, yeah, this is great because we're going to give them the ball. Then they're going to hit a game-winning field goal. And like, sure enough, uh, that's exactly what happened. Um, so that game happened. Um, and then I'm like wearing my Falcons hat. I'm like in my attire. I'm like, whatever. I'm just going to go grab a slice of pizza. On my way to the pizza place, I find out that the Saints bar in New York City is two blocks from me. So I walk. <laughs> so the, the worst part is like I was walking on the other side of the street and then I just heard a bunch of commotion on the other side, probably like two blocks up and then to the right. So I cross the street to go by the bar to see like what's going on. And then it's the fucking Saints people, and they're they're doing the hoot out chant, and I like, uh. I was I was like, I was already so dejected. It was like just a scary Sunday, and like the Falcons just did what they did best, and they looked they looked exciting for a second, but all of that's to say, I um, I was in I was definitely in a post Falcons depression. I'm like I I saw we were down against the Mariners. I think it was like five or six to one at that point. Um, so I, I never even turned on the game, and I'm honestly glad I didn't see that collapse because. I think that would have that I would have been feeling much worse, uh, yeah, right now. But I think Kenley Jansen's just the tail of the tape right now. He's, I think he's kind of the first first uh, first point of discussion for any Braves fan um, at the moment. 
Yeah, let me uh, let me read off like his recent, like his last seven games. I think it was uh, there's a report by David O'Brien, the senior writer for the Braves. Right. So, um, in his past seven appearances, Kenley Jansen has three blown saves, two losses, and 11.12 ERA, Jesus. a 1.94 whip. He's allowed seven hits, which three of those were homers. Two of those came on Sunday night. Seven earned runs, four walks, five strikeouts in five and two-thirds innings. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, um, the, the ERA ones, I, I know it's kind of skewed with closers, but that's basically like that. I mean, you can't. It's terrible. It's so bad. Yeah, that's um, and that's not accounting for his bad stretch, like leading up to the Cardinals game too, where mm-hmm. he had a walk off walk. He walked, and that was that was inexcusable. How mm-hmm. bad that performance was, um, and like he had one good showing against the A's. Um, in the second game where we won 10-9. to But he got pretty much bailed out because uh, he had two flyouts close to the track against a not-good A's team. They were hitting good that night, but um, Kyle Wright also just didn't have his stuff that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a decent performance against the Mariners, um, but he also had the bottom of the lineup. He had the, literally had the seven, eight, nine hitters um, in that game. So, yeah, and I'm looking at his uh, I'm looking at his baseball savant page right now too. Um, the he's had the hardest hit ball against him that he's ever had hit in his career this year. Jesus Christ. So the the former highest uh, exit velocity he had was 114.1, and this year it's 117.2, which is the bottom 3% of the league in terms of the max uh, exit velocity. And who is that that batter? uh, I have no idea. Hmm. I just see max EV. Um, And then his exit velocity is the worst that it's been since the first year that he started pitching. Um, uh, it like I'm guessing this is average, um, but his in 2015 it was 86.9 and that continually went down. He had a slump in 2019 where he went to 86.3, but then 2020 it was 82.7, 84 last year and now it's 87.1. Um, launch angle is also tied for the highest that it's been. Um, his uh, his batting average is fairly low, but his slugging is pretty high. And hard hit percentage this year is thirty two point six. Which is really bad for a closer, uh-huh. and he has the highest ERA that he's had in his career up to this point. And it's sitting out, season. sitting out what right now? 
at 3.91. Which for a closer is not good. Yeah. Like, that's not your job. Uh (laughs) Your job is not to give up runs. Yeah. Um, So, and then uh, barrel percentage is 7, which is the highest it's been since 2018, and 2015 it was 8.2. And it's allowed 129 batted balls this year. Which isn't terrible. His worst mark was 188 in a season. He had a 301 ERA. But the launch angle is the biggest problem. He's just giving up, like, cookies. Mm-hmm. When he misses, he misses really, really bad. Yeah. And, and he doesn't He doesn't have the velocity to make up for it either. I think that's the biggest no, issue. Mean, uh, his, I was going back and looking through, like, each of his years. Um... And in 2015, basically, he only threw the cutter. Um, like, that was just his one thing. Which, you know, as a closer, you really, you know, if you have one dirty pitch, that's all that matters. Like, oh. you know, uh, Mariano Rivera. But uh, he started to have to, like, 2017, he only threw it 85.4%, which is still a bunch. But he's continued to have to evolve, um, and he's at his lowest rate. Well, he had the lowest rate of throwing his cutter last year, and it's a little bit up from this past year, from from last year. It's at 60.8%, but just, uh, and I mean, you do have to evolve in this game to be successful, but just compared to, like, 2017, he was throwing his cutter 85.4% of the time and lighting it up in the zone. This year, his basically all of his pitches are all over the place. Um, and his cutter, where, where would you guess his hottest zone with his cutter is? Um, I mean, lower, like, I mean, if, if, he, if you're facing home plate, probably lower left would be my guess. It's right down the middle. Right down the middle. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah, which, I mean, okay, so when his cutter's got movement, it doesn't really matter where it goes because people aren't really able to touch it. Mm. So I'll give him that. Like, the purpose of the cutter is not as much location. As long as it's in the zone, that's all that really matters. If somebody, you know, is just get, it's really like if his cutter's working, you have to get lucky. Like, yeah. you can't really know exactly yeah. where it's going to end up. Yeah. Um, when his cutter's not working, it's a 93-mile-an-hour fastball right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Or closer to the top of the zone. Yeah. The, the cutter's definitely a disgusting, like, pitch. And I feel I feel like when Kenley has it, he's, he has it. Uh, I, I know that there have been multiple players kind of regarding, like, the sticky stuff situation. They're like, we don't need to ban sticky stuff. We need to, we need to ban the cutter. You know, so that, I mean, I guess that's that's why he's got it. But yeah, he's just been fucking terrible. Um, his slider is his least used pitch. It's mm. basically all over the place and has become a lot less like reliable. So um, his slider usage has gone down recently. His sinker is the main thing that backs up his cutter. 
and gives some different movement on it, and it's still like the same um, velo. Mm. But it's started to miss more as of late, and he's also trend trended downward with it. So he's when he's in a jam, he's relying on that cutter, um, and when it doesn't have its movement, it is almost like Josh Tomlin worthy in terms of batting practice. Yeah, I'm gonna be started. <laughs> like, um, so he's regressing at a bad rate. Mm-hmm. Um, or at a good rate, depending on how you look at it. But uh, it's not going well. Um, I'm looking at, in terms of percentages, he's in the 80th percentile in average exit velocity, 86th percentile in hard hit percentage. Uh, He's 95th percentile in XERA and XWOBA. Ninetieth, 98th percentile. I, well. Some things in here look good, and mm. some things look really bad. So I don't know. I, I I'm not going to completely give up on the guy. Mm. Is he as good as he used to be? Not. No. No, he's not. Mm. Um, he's still got stuff that works and he's still got something left in the tank uh, like, I definitely don't want us to re-sign him next year because we have our closer in the future for literally the next three years mm, 2020 yeah through 2025 um, in Rice Iglesias um, and so obviously you know the decision isn't up to the fans it's up to Snit. Uh, and I'm not, you know, making an excuse for that either. But I think we all know what Snit's going to do. I, and everybody hated it last year when he kept Will Smith in and Will Smith kept screwing up. Um, but then obviously literally gave up no runs in the postseason um, and had a clean sheet in saves. I don't think that that is the smart move right now, though. Mm. I think, like, and I'm trying, that, that that's basically me trying to give all the credit to Snit for, you know, it's like, looking back on last year, it's like, well, Will Smith wasn't doing great, but Snit stuck with him, and then, hey, he goes out and, like, helps us win a World Series and doesn't give up any runs. It was our best reliever in the postseason, almost. Mm. Um, there's a couple different things for me um, that make this not as much okay to stick with your guy in terms of like a um, you know trying to keep your clubhouse uh, good and like um, and doing the honorable thing or whatever and sticking with Kenley I, I get it it's a tough decision yeah. but the two main differences for me that I can think of are last year we didn't have like a legit proven closer to replace Will Smith. We had guys that could, we had guys that were better than him, but being in that closing role, going through the playoffs too, like we don't know what they were going to do. Um, and like those guys were, Luke Jackson had the most closing experience of the three guys that people wanted. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but he's not a closer, and he also kind of got torn up in the postseason last year of all those guys. Um, some of it was bad luck, that Cody Bellinger home run that ended yeah. up um, the game three or four. It was like, I, I think, yeah, that, that, that pitch was out of the zone, too. It was high. It was, yeah, it yeah. was way out of the zone, like yeah. just complete luck. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, Snit wasn't going to go with him and, like, change stuff up for him at the end of the year because you're also screwing around with those guys. Um, and they weren't going to go with AJ, didn't have enough closing experience, or Tyler. And they obviously proved much more vital in the earlier innings anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to, like, you have your guy to be the closer. You want to make sure he's comfortable. But now we literally have already gone out and traded for our future closer. We know he's going to be our closer next year. Um, and I guess you could say the same, like, the similar thing about 2020. We had Mark Melanson, um, but then got Will Smith to be our closer while Melanson was still there. But the main reason that Smith wasn't a closer then was because he was injured for the first half of the season and just never really came into that role. Um but uh, the difference here is that Rysel is producing phenomenally. Mm-hmm. He has not given up a run, an earned run in a Braves uniform yet. Mm-hmm. I think he's given up like one or two inherited runners, but no personally earned runs. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have your guy who's supposed to be the closer for the next three years, and this guy right now, Kenley, is more than likely not going to be on the team next year. Um, second thing is that the stakes and the difference from just in environment and feel and record from last year are way different um, than... So last year, it was at the trade deadline, it was just like, you know, low risk, high reward kind of see what happens the season's already kind of a wash but there's a chance let's see what you know we can do and in september we had the lead basically the rest of the way we were up three games at least consistently for almost all of september it wasn't like as cutthroat as it is right now um right now we you know we're we are have the uh I guess we're about to be tied, hopefully tied for the third best record in the league. And we're up and down from third and fourth. Just we're one of the best teams in the league, have been that way since June. Um, and the Mets are not metting. Mm. Um, they are tonight, really, though. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that continues. Yeah. They're in the top of the eighth with Chicago, and Chicago's up 5 1. Um, but it's not going to come like. They aren't going to completely fail. Mm-hmm. If they, They're going to keep playing 600 ball, but we need to keep playing like 700 ball. Like we have been. And when this should really, that last game with the Mariners should have been the nail in the coffin. It, it, or not nail in the coffin, but at least, at the very least, just try Rysel for a little bit mm-hmm. to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like 
I feel like we just keep having this conversation and it's super unfortunate because like the issue and Snit is just such an old timer and like he loves to do this and you can tell that he likes his guy and he did this with Will Smith last year and then it paid off and the issue is like I feel like this is the kind of guy that's gonna just stick by that like okay it worked last year this is our closer Rizel's doing well in his role at the moment don't want to like screw anything up but the issue is like we should not have lost that yesterday like that that was completely that was that was a storybook ending and then not not only not only to lose it not only to give up two runs in the bottom of the ninth on like you know if it's one if it's like a you know two run shot that's whatever but like the fact that it was two home runs like two solo shots that's that's awful like that that is that is what you avoid as a closer um so personally i would really like to see rizel kind of you know obviously go into the closer role because he's got to be our closer for the foreseeable future um you know after this year but i i guess it also poses the question of you know where does kenley go um and that might be a tricky situation i feel like that might be something snickers trying to avoid um so yeah that's kind of what where my head's on on uh on everything yeah, um, I think Snit is definitely going to be stubborn about this, mm-hmm. um, and is not really. I yeah, he's he's definitely going to be in his head about like it worked last year. Mm-hmm. But I guess another issue, like the one of the issues with this, the main one I see is like if Kenley's not the closer, where is he gonna be? Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Because he's basically been a closer his whole career mm-hmm. in the MLB. Um, but if I, we got to think of the immediate future right now and what's at stake with this division because the new way that the playoffs are set up like it's almost I mean it's definitely more of a disadvantage to be a wild card than it was last year I mean you you get more of an opportunity with the the three game uh, series and then you include another spot but that also takes out a lot of your rotations depth Mm -hmm. um, and just stamina um, and you never know what's going to happen in those games too, with like injuries and whatever. Um, but this is absolute do or die time right now, and it's not like stick with it, stick with our guys, and you know, see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's do what is absolutely best right now. Mm-hmm. Like if. Obviously, we're switching out Eddie and Grossman on a fairly consistent basis just by, like, if it's a right or left-hand pitcher. Mm. Um, And I will kind of eat my words on the last thing I said in a way. Like, Robbie did really, really good um, against the Mariners. uh, And in his last 
10 games. He had like an 074 average. So we did stick with him, and it worked. But he also has less of an important role being at the nine spot um, than Kenley does closing games, mm. like one-run games. And just seeing how much, you know, like, the fight from our team to come back in that way was absolutely insane. With two outs, Michael Harris hits a three-run home run. Eddie's able to get on base, and then Robbie pimps a two-run homer for the lead. Yeah. And I just cannot imagine, like, what the dugout's thinking right then. Like, you, you got to feel invincible. Mm-hmm. Just untouchable. The, the um, Chip Carey call on the Grossman home run was the call of the year, too. Like, that, that was just pure emotion like that it was, it was and i and i can't i just like i can't go back and watch it anymore because i know the context of what yeah. what happens next yeah it just ruins it it's like the robert alford pick six in the 2016 super bowl like one of the best yeah. moments in like recent atlanta sports history but you just can't watch it anymore it's like disgraced or like julio's catch in that game too it's yeah like, it doesn't matter yeah it is ugh. just frustrating because of negligence from coaching mm-hmm um, idiots. Uh... At the very least, Kenley needs to go on a break. Mm-hmm. You you gotta give him a break because at this point, like he's so in his head about everything, mm-hmm. he's getting cooked, and you have Rizel just waiting there, mm-hmm. just sitting. He's been doing this for years and just waiting. There have been moments in this season where Kenley's looked dominant, like untouchable. But for the majority of the season, he has gotten touched up. Like, Whoa. it's not even, you know, like, you look, he's, he leads the league in saves, which I don't think really shows too much because he's also, he's blown seven now, uh, seven or eight. Um, but in a number of those saves, he had a three-run lead, like a consistent, like not a consistent, a fairly large number of those games. He either had a three or two-run two lead. Um, and in the three-run game, I think back to uh, the Rockies game mm-hmm. where we were up 3 nothing in the ninth, and he just, within like five pitches, gives up a two-run homer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he still was able to close it out with a couple flyouts and maybe like one strikeout. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I know that Snit's not going to change it, which is going to piss everybody off. And, you know, I hope that Kenley and Snit prove us wrong, but I I just don't see it happening. Like, in a lot of Kenley's most recent saves, I really think that he's just been getting lucky. Because mm-hmm. it's not stuff that's making guys just miss. It's just flyouts. Mm-hmm. Or he gets... If he can get his ball right at the top of the zone and it cuts even just a little bit, then people aren't able to touch it. And if he gets if he gets lucky and gets three of those in a row, it's a strikeout that happened the first Mariners game. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of with everybody else that he he needs to at least take a break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I mean I don't think it's. Uh... I, I don't think it's a send him down to triple A or anything like anything serious like that. He just needs like a week no. off. Like we, we can yeah. 
Yeah, as you mentioned earlier, this is literally like do or die time. Like we cannot afford to be taking gambles in September because, yeah, w- once again, you hate to say it, but like the Mets aren't gonna met. They aren't gonna collapse. I don't think. I mean, I I hope they do, but th- there's a chance. There's a very good chance they finish the, finish this out. You know, very strong, and and the rest of their season is a very very easy schedule. Um, besides, you know, Braves is the last series of the of the season. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I agree. Yeah, or yeah, I guess yeah, second to last. But I guess bottom line, like, just give them some time off. Like closing is such a mental game. Like, and that I feel like that's widely known as well. You know, it's just like that's why you can't just throw like AJ Minter out there and be like, oh, well, he was he's been doing really good lately. Like, yeah, AJ gets in his head pretty easily too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. And like cl- closers and- are just equipped for these situations. Like they, they, they love the adrenaline. They build off it. Like they're good pitchers objectively, but at the end of the day, like they're in the, they're in that role for a reason. It's a very, very serious, like, you know, can make or break you. Um, but yeah, and there's got, I mean, like the, there's the opposite of that too, where they've had, there's been guys that have closed in the past and like everyone sees them as a dominant pitcher, they have like a rough stretch, or they just get older, and then they get taken out of the closing role, and they go into the you know middle relief, and they just get destroyed. Yeah, because like they don't have the intensity anymore, and they don't know how to work. It's like a different type of job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, that's the main thing. Um. But I've got some. Uh, I'll, I got some notes, just quick notes from the A's and Mariners series. The last note we'll go over, and then we got a couple fan questions that we'll talk about. Um, so in the A's series, Strider, who just came off his Braves uh, franchise record-setting 16Ks, was you know everybody th- thought that he was going to carve up the A's for sure, but he kind of got shoot, got beat up a little bit, a uh, little bit, um, and uh, he. Uh, he pitched like 36 pitches in the first inning, was one or two pitches from getting pulled, um, gave up two in the first, but then he was able to claw his way out of that, and he still he went six, maybe seven, I think I think it was six, um, and was able to get his way out of that game. That's a you know not equally as press is impressive as 16 Ks, but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, good perseverance shown by him, um, a very mature pitcher thing of him. Uh, Kyle Wright looked pretty tough. Against the A's in that ten to nine win, um, it was weird seeing him like that because I haven't seen him look like that in since like, twenty nineteen mm. or twenty twenty against the Dodgers in NLCS Game Three. Mm. Um, but uh, I I think he's gonna bounce back. Um, they apparently he had some soreness, and so he's out for the Giants game tonight. Uh, Strider's taking his place, and he's already had five days rest because we had the off day before he we went to the Mariners. So um, maybe that was what was bothering him a little bit, but he's got an extra day of rest, and when he's had extra day of rest, he's been dominant mm-hmm. next start. So should be fine. And also in that A's series, a lot of people went off. Uh, Matt Olson was – really going off, and then also Michael Harris just this whole series, and basically all this month, and basically since he's been in the MLB has been absolutely insane. Um, I know how in the last podcast I, I've kind of said that Strider had it wrapped up with 16 Ks, but the, the fact that it is 
so insane that he is like he's like top ten in Cy Young voting. And for real, set a Braves franchise record for strikeouts, which is a pitching, very good pitching franchise. Mm-hmm. And it's it's even less than a less of a toss up now. Like Michael Harris is more than likely going to win. Yeah, and Strider and, and at, he, like the best betting uh, odds right now. But I, I, I think it's going to be Michael Harris. I think Michael Harris has pretty much wrapped it up. I mean, he's been an everyday player. He's playing like he's. You know, been in the league for a few years. Uh, the the home run from yesterday's game was just so amazing to watch because I don't know, like we're just going to be seeing that for a long time. Like let, let's not forget he signed a multi year contract just a few weeks <laughs> ago, and I think that's something to be really excited about. But yeah, it's it's yeah. wild. I mean, having having the two having basically two rookie rookies of the year. I, I don't know if they do a ten like. I like a tandem thing, but it may happen. You never know. Yeah, and imagine if Grissom had came in like a month earlier. Mm-hmm. We're talking about him and that too. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think he kind of entered the discussion for like rookie of the month, but he's he's taken a step back in, in recent weeks. He, yeah, I mean, he he was doing poorly, but he cooked, got it cooking again mm-hmm. against the A's yeah. and a little bit against the Mariners too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, in terms of the Mariner series, um, Robbie Grossman really impressed me in that first game. I think he went three for four, uh, got a home run. He got two home runs from the series, both from the right side. Like, he is just – or maybe the first one might have been from the left, but he was not supposed to be good from the right side. Like, we literally just got him for the left side of the plate, and he's – he did have a really rough stretch of about 10 games, but the fact that he's, you know, starting to come back from that. Um, I've had a couple people tell me this, um, but would you take him for two years, $8 million if we could do that? Robbie Grossman? Yeah. Um, well, we're losing Duvall next year. Um Ozuna's probably on the outs. Ah, Yeah. I could see. I I feel like that's kind of an Eddie Rosario esque deal, and it's. I think it's worth taking the gamble. I think. Yeah. I mean, eight million's nothing. Yeah. I, exactly. I, think, uh, I mean, like my main replacement in my mind is uh, Heredia. I don't think we're gonna resign. Yeah. Him. No, he's and he's gone, unfortunately. So I feel like he's a much better Heredia uh, replacement on the bench. Really good bench piece. Um, also, I, that's the other thing. I don't know about Ozuna leaving anymore because he's actually started to be really good again. Yeah, he's he's um, turned it up. I can't remember what his slash line was. Um, it's not bad though. Since since the arrest, he's been like yeah. I think it's like like above like a thousand OPS or yeah hundred OPS. However you talk about it, but yeah, yeah. Uh, thousand. Um, mm-hmm try to find this again. I want to see if I can find this. Um, I don't know. It, it's something like, it's probably come down a little bit, but it's mid-300s. Um, like a yeah. five, six hundred slugging and one dot. Um, but uh, the main other point besides Jansen is 
I think it needs to be the end of Oda Rizzi starts, but I feel like Stan mm-hmm. is also going to feel the same way about that as he has with Jansen. Or do you yeah. think that that's the case? I, I, I think... I think Oda Rizzi's going to stick around. Uh, I don't think they're going to bring Ian Anderson up at any point this season. Maybe for the playoffs, but I don't know. I, I think he's yeah. I I think he's kind of been relegated there, and him and Soroka will do their thing, rehab, and maybe come back next season. But yeah, Oda Rizzi's definitely staying, unfortunately. Because um, well, like I mean, like, the, I mean the, let's the be main, the main other yeah, thought is yeah. Elder. Oh, right, right. Um, but honestly, I, mean, I don't have, like... I don't in have his last that 13 much. innings, he's had one run. Wow. Well, when you put it like that, it's, it's a little more digestible. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess... I, I, I just think what those... Both of those starts were against the Marlins, though. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, and he was called up and kind of did his job, and then I think they put him back down... Uh, I don't know. I don't have like extreme uh, confidence in Bryce Elder more than Odorizzi. I kind of feel like Odorizzi will get better before. Uh, I don't know though. It's just, I, I think bottom line there is like I, I don't, I'm not even gonna worry about it because come playoff time, all you really need is like three, you know, four starters. So yeah, uh, I I think that Elder's probably gonna get at least one more start this year. Yeah, I can I can see that, but I mean, hopefully it's later on when we have the division locked up. Uh, that's what I'll say about that. I mean, I don't want to have to see Odorizzi start again because oh yeah, no, no, I don't want to see his, it. Last, his last start was against the Cardinals, where he went like, or no, he uh, no, he was out for a while. Um, yeah, I think his last start was the one where he pitched six innings without, like, the Cardinals getting a hit. Um, and before that, he had a good outing against the Pirates. He had, like, one earned run and mm-hmm. about six innings as well. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe he's figuring it out. But the Mariners just really took advantage of him. And he still kind of does the same stuff where he doesn't really technically give up a bunch of runs but he just gets out of the game really quickly. Yeah. Um, and even, I mean, I I think there's actually more of a chance that Odorizzi's not going to start another game than there is Jansen not being a closer mm-hmm. because um, in Odorizzi's start yesterday, Snit pulled him in the f- middle of the fifth inning, mm-hmm. and he was only at like 70-something pitches, and there was only one dude on base. So I think he was just really saw enough. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the type of time where it's like fans are like, I don't want to see him anymore. Uh-huh. But usually the manager's still like, yeah, well, it's only the middle of the fifth and he's got 70 pitches. We need some more, you know, out of him. Uh-huh. But uh, the fact that Snit went and got him, like, was kind of telling to me. Um, so I kind of feel like Elder's going to get the next start that Oda Rizzi should. Um, and which would give Odorizzi an extra day of rest if we still want to play him or or if Elder does well enough we might just not start Odorizzi again I don't know um, 
We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into the fan questions, just an update on the Mets game. The Cubs have the bases loaded with no outs in the bottom of the eighth. They need to score some more mm-hmm. insurance. Full throttle. Oh, wait, no. No, the Mets. The Mets have the bases loaded. It's at City Field. That's awesome. The Mets have the bases loaded with no outs. <sighs> Time to... Never mind. That is a complete... Yeah, that, that is a boof, man. That is a boof right there. Oh, no, that's bad. I, 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 like, I, I want to turn it on, but I also just cannot sit through that. I mean, I'm going to fucking pull my hair out. They have Michael Givens on first as a pinch runner. Goodness gracious. Who, yeah, it's a relief pitcher. That's why. Yeah, so they have Mark Canna up to bat right now. It's known to count. Wait, did Michael Givens hit? I don't know. He did. Wow. Wait, wait, no, 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 never mind. Vogelbach. Oh, of course, he's in for Vogelbach. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, Givens yeah. is pinch running for Vogelbach. Oh my god, dude. Cubs, please don't. For the love of God. Um, we'll look at back at that later. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam doesn't know the questions. We're getting live responses out of him, and I will respond to his response and his <laughs> response into the questions. Let's do it. Um, Let's do it. First question, or let me give these in a different order, because the least... Um, intri- well, no, least shocking to most shocking, maybe. <laughs> um, okay, well, this is pertinent right now uh, from Luke Delay. Do the Braves really run it back, or do the Mets have it this year? Mm. I mean, I, I oh, there's a huge spider on my wall. That is not. That's not good. <laughs> Um, to distract myself from that, I think, I mean, I think that there is a possibility that the Mets and Braves meet each other in the playoffs, um, which could be interesting. Um, I don't think the Mets are fucking around this season, uh, and that's kind of what I'll say to that. Uh, so I think come playoff time, anything can happen. And honestly, if the Braves squared off against the Mets at any point in the NL pennant race, I think it's equal. You know, I think it's probably even odds. But at the moment, uh, it looks like we might be in the wild card. So, I don't know. That's just kind of my, my quick uh, knee-jerk to that. My my answer is I think that the Braves are going to win the division Hell yeah. somehow. Um, but I will say if we meet the Mets in – the postseason, I don't like our odds. Hmm. I'll say so. That. So we're reversed. We're uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um. Um. Next questions from Beverly Brown. Why is Snit defending Jansen? Uh, it's all mental for him. It's a curse for everybody else. Um, it's more than just a bad day, as Snit said in this press interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I think we've kind of run through this. We're, mm-hmm. Snicker just has his guy, and he's going to back him up, unfortunately. Like, I I think it's a little different this year because I, I really like Kenley, whereas last year, like, I did not like Will Smith. So I might be giving 
more of the benefit of the doubt in this situation. Um, but yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, like Snicker just has his guy and like Snicker is just going to stick by him regardless. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's what we're seeing. Um, fortunately, uh, Kenley's like a humble guy, you know, he knows that he's fucking up and he, and he's been open and honest about it, but that doesn't change the fact that it's happened and that it's like happening. Uh, so I don't know. That's just, I think there's just, a, a, there's just a lot of allegiance there and we're just gonna have to deal with it. Yeah, I think it's almost too. I've thought of this like you gotta want like want to do what's best for your team over like what's you know what is best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's what's running through Kenley's head right now. But um, like whether you know what's best for everybody is like trying to stick with it, or if it's you know let Rizel do his thing and then being open to pitching whenever else somebody wants but it is just it's just an awkward situation all around i think mm-hmm. but it's more than likely just unfortunately gonna nothing change yeah um, but uh next question um from aj evans who's the fifth starter in the playoffs if we needed the fifth player uh, oh god! I don't even. I don't. I don't even want to think about that. Uh, I mean, I could. I could see so it. Basically, basically, who would you rank in the depth chart? Yeah, I think of of Muller, Elder, Odorizzi, and then you can throw in like Ian Anderson and uh, Soroka if you want. Yeah, I could. I could. Kind of gives my opinion away on those two. I but. could. I could totally see an Ian Anderson slot because he's. Actually, pretty good in the playoffs. Surprisingly enough, like I feel like people tend to forget that Ian Anderson's been mostly lights out in his playoff performances. Uh, so I think that's probably who I'd go with. Yeah, I think the. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, he's had a seven-five in the in AAA. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I did not know that. That's that's brutal to hear. Yeah. Um. How how would you rank those people though? Oh. I, can, I can give you my ranking if you want, or if you if you don't have it off the top of your head. Um, but. Right now, I'd probably go Elder. Um, I'd probably go Elder Muller, Odorizzi, Anderson. So, I guess I'm not really backing up my Ian Anderson claim too much, but yeah, that's what I what I have. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly what I would do yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, just not even including Soroka at this point. Mm. Like he came too late, and we aren't desperate for him, um, and we don't need to like screw him up mm. like right when he's getting back. Um, but yeah, definitely Elder Muller, Odorizzi. Don't want to see him start a game, but it's better than Tucker Davidson, I guess. Um, Anderson, Soroka, mm-hmm. maybe even. Well, I would. I would say Muller, Elder Muller bullpen than Anderson. Okay. Yeah. I'll arm older and Rizzi. Yeah. Um, uh, number, question number four from the Deli Man is, <laughs> is, uh, is Dansby worth letting go for Vaughn? No. Not specifically just that's that's a no for me, dog. I, I think like yeah. I, I, I get where it's all coming from, but like I don't think people like 
Von Grissom's been awesome, but like let's not forget that he's only played like twenty games at this point or something. You know, twenty like max thirty. Uh, so we're not even at like a statistically significant sample size. <laughs> like once we hit thirty games, yeah, sure, we'll we'll check out then. But I think Dansby's priority in numero uno this this off season. Uh, I think we all know it, and he's he's definitely proven himself as a as an absolute stud. Yeah, it's definitely concerning that they haven't already re-signed him though. Yeah, like, yeah, it's got it's got Freddie. It's got kind of like a yeah. yeah it's got Freddie written all over it. Unfortunately, like this. This deal feel you know it feels like it should have been done last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is concerning, and it looks like Dansby's kind of going down the same train of well, let me test the free water, like the yeah. free agency water. See what's see happening. What um. Oh yeah, hold on. The Cubs, Cubs. Wow. Yeah, Cubs got out of it. Oh my yeah. god. There we go. <laughs> there we go. That's. That's an example of the Mets metting right there, ladies and gentlemen. No runs. Good grief. Not a single yeah. run. That's tough. It bases loaded, no outs. Yeah. And there's a strikeout uh, and two flyouts. Rain, the, two rain, the rain's starting to come down, too. I see it out my window, so I think they, they might be uh, might be putting this game <laughs> on a hold, too. Like, that's just, that's it. Damn, that, that's, that's brutal. Oh. Um, last question. This one might surprise you a little bit, but this guy, uh, one of our best supporters, he's actually kind of our uh, our underground uh, reporter. Gets me, gets me some details. I am. Um, Carson Strader, if available, which he is going to be a free agent after this year, do we pick up Cody Bellinger and let Seitzer fix his swing? Wow. That's a great question, honestly. Uh I mean, I think it just comes down to, like, logistics of the outfield because we'll have Michael Harris, we'll have Acuna. I think we have Rosario next season, too. Yeah, we got um, Rosario and Ozuna still technically. Yeah. Well. Ozuna, and, yeah. and then also, with Ozzy coming back, then you have Grissom, who's mm-hmm. like also been trying to yeah, play the outfield. potentially, like, a rogue William Contreras as well. Uh, I don't know. I think Bellinger is kind of... I think Bellinger would also stay in LA before he goes anywhere else. Like I don't, I don't know if they're gonna let him walk. Uh, maybe like the thing is though, he's he's O for his last twenty seven. Goodness gracious! <laughs> it's a former MVP for you. Um, yeah, I think I think if uh, I, I don't know, I don't think they'd sign him to be quite honest. I, I think he's kind of. He he had his moment in the sun, and honestly, after like all the damage he's done to the Braves, like I don't think I'd like it. Like I I don't think I'd really want want that want that energy around between the Chris Martin home run and the Luke Jackson home run. It's just bad memories, bad juju. Yeah, I mean, well, we got you know Jock kind of screwed us over a couple times. And, uh, yeah, that's fair. He was able to bring a lot of magic. A good point. I'm not the hugest Cody Bellinger fan in general, and, and now especially that he just sucks. It's like, yeah. who cares? Yeah. But, I mean, it is an interesting prospect, uh, and it for me it really depends on the money. Uh, I think I, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain if he really, you know – it's it's just got to be a one year deal for him. Yeah. It's it's got because it has to be a prove it year for him. Like it's like you were the MVP, but you obviously have a bunch of issues right now. What is your worth? Um, and I would do depending on how our payroll looks next year. 
for like a bench bat slash just depth guy like that where you're taking a risk but it, you know it, it, the ceiling is so high for mm-hmm. I I would do like a one year 12 million dollar contract like prove it deal yeah it's like 12 million maybe 15 yeah 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 I don't know. I mean, it just, again, it depends on how much money we have going out next year mm-hmm. and what ultimately is going to come down to, like, if Anthopolis sees potential in him. And, I, I mean, Seitzer's probably part of these discussions, too. Oh, yeah, abso- absolutely. And if, if he can fix them. Because, obviously, I mean, Seitzer's definitely has to be a huge reason, like, how Robbie's starting to hit from the right side again. And he was yeah. all last year. Um, like that man is just so underrated in terms of development and production on our team. Um, not Grossman, but he, which also him, but yeah, uh, also him for sure. Um, so I think it's really just up to what Sight sees, and I mean, I wouldn't mind it, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not gonna. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Carson. I think he's very he's very excited about doing something like that. But I also, yeah, I don't think Cody Bellinger is going to want to leave LA. Uh, mm-hmm. He's kind of born to be in LA. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even though that he sucks, like the Dodger fans still like him for the most part. Uh, and he did win an MVP there, so I think they'll probably get him. I, and they also have all the money in the world. So they they'll just sign somebody for thirty million dollars because the fans like him. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even though he's going to want a whole lot more money than that, um, yeah, it it just it, that's got to suck so much. I mean, he's definitely gotten millions of dollars in endorsement deals, and I've seen his house. He's literally got like a <laughs> uh, a, a private jet landing strip. Goodness gracious! So, so he it, never mind about being feeling sorry for him. Yeah, man. for he's real. Fuck, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> but it's just like imagine winning an MVP year on a uh, it's a second year pre arb. Um, and you're making like a hundred thousand dollars, yeah. And then you you like you play Eric Hosmer every <laughs> once in a while, who's making it's, like fifteen million thirty thirty trillion dollars for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. Um. But yeah, that's where we're at. J- uh, Braves are playing the Giants. The Mets are losing. They got one inning to go. Hopefully, it just gets rained out and they don't have any form of chance. <laughs> Um, but, uh, Braves are, I guess, are they about to go to the top of the second now? Yeah, Strider just punched out Wilmer Flores, so it's going to the top of the second. Um, yeah, exciting. Uh, uh, 16, 17, I think. Um, yeah, so these West Coast games are always fun. I I do the, I I turn on my, my sports radio and fall asleep to it, so eager, eager for that. Yeah, I'm. (laughs) I'm 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 a 70 year old in a in a 23 year old's body, so uh, mm-hmm. yeah. The <laughs> past few past few weeks, it's been a lot of that, but yeah, definitely an exciting one, and yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, hopefully next week we're talking about the Braves being in the division lead alone again. Mm-hmm. Ideally, but yeah, go Braves. Jump um, on. Next week will be a, a video episode, hopefully. And I got to pee. For sure. See y'all.